Oh, welcome to the Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, June 11th, 2007. How to Handle Body Odor, Part 2. Hi everyone, this is Mike and welcome to Manager Tools. Okay, today we finish up my conversation with Mark with one of those most delicate of situations and one of uh, our more controversial podcasts, Body Order, or as Mark suggests, Personal Scent. Now, to be honest, although we received a number of thank yous for this subject, we also received a couple of You Missed the Mark comments on the blog. And of course, we appreciate both sets of comments. Now, folks, <laughs> we really don't make this stuff up. And we wouldn't talk about it here if it weren't an issue. Unfortunately, it does come up with just about every client we visit. And since no one else is out there talking about it, uh, we thought we ought to address this sensitive topic. As someone who's had to deal with this issue myself, multiple times in my career, as a matter of fact, I know the value of this advice. And for those of you who are curious, no, I didn't handle it right the first time. Luckily, I learned my lessons and the next few events proceeded much more smoothly. Now, don't make the same mistake I did thinking this won't happen to you. It probably will, and that's why we're covering it. So, here we go. That does it for the, the four parts of the general guidelines. Think personal scent, think impact, think causes, and know your resources. So, let's, let's talk about preparation now. Okay, good. Um, under preparation, the first sub point is get specific information. Look, this, this comes under the larger guidance to less experienced managers that just because someone complains doesn't mean you have an issue. It's not a horseman's law yet, um, but I often say to, to managers, you don't have to have all the answers, and you certainly don't have to have all the answers right now. Um, too many managers think a complaint is, by definition, a cause of action, and it is not, necessarily. So, don't panic when someone brings this to your desk. Relax. That's, by the way, somebody said that's the difference between a young manager and an experienced manager, uh, um, how, how much they can relax through. Um, relaxing will help you focus on the specifics of the issues. We'd be willing to bet, actually, I, I think we would. I know I would. I'm pretty sure you would, Mike. Um, that the way the information comes to you is fairly general and, and quite frankly, cloaked in embarrassment, so delivered in a way that's not going to be specific or helpful. Um, and they say it, yeah, exactly. And they say it in things like, hey, hey boss, you know, uh, we got a problem here. Bob smells all the time. Yeah, that's yeah. helpful. I, I really hate to say anything. It reminds me of the old joke about people going up to, to celebrities asking for an autograph. You know, I hate to bother you. I really don't mean to bother you, but I'd love to have your autograph. Well, celebrities say privately, first is, no, you wouldn't hate to bother me. You're bothering me now. And, and, and when you say you don't mean to bother me, well, no, actually, you do mean to bother me. You're bothering me. I'm having dinner with my family, and you're interrupting. Um, um, yeah, so... Um, this is about deliver when you get when it gets delivered to you this way. That is about um, um, the, the least helpful information you can accept. It's not designed to be helpful. 
In fact, it's just a complaint. So we recommend that in order for you to determine whether or not the complaint could turn into something that you might choose to do something about, and you haven't chosen to do anything yet, um, that you ask specific questions. And we have, and I bet you have a list, right? And we have a list. <laughs> <laughs> I sketched this out one day for a manager. Um, I was in Tempe, Arizona. Um, and, uh, the manager said, you know, he came to me in a panic and said, I had somebody come into my office and they told me, they told somebody else that told me that they're going to talk about somebody's body or I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I just looked at this person. I knew that at that point, talking about relaxation was not going to help them. And so I said, well, here, and I just, I had a pad with me and I wrote down some questions and, and it was as if I, I poured water on a frothy ocean. He just or poured oil on a frosty ocean. He, fr- frothy ocean. He just, he just calmed down immediately. Like, Oh, thank you. Like, well, I mean, this is what anybody would do. It's not rocket science, but, but here are the questions. How long have you noticed this? What specific times of the day and places have you noticed this? Is it related to activities that you can be certain about? What specifically is the scent? Describe it for me. You telling me, characterizing by saying it's bad, is not helpful. We're not asking for a characterization. We're asking for a description. Who else have you spoken to or who else has shared a concern with you? Did the people that you talked to, did they acknowledge what you had noticed or had they noticed it independently? And please, from this point forward, do not speak to anyone else about this in the event that I choose to speak to them. And are you aware of anything that might be the cause? Yeah. You know, what's interesting is you don't think of these questions if you haven't made the leap from body odor to personal scent and think yes. about the fact that there are multiple causes. Uh, that, again, that, that change in perspective we talked about way, you know, a few minutes ago is <laughs> very important. Yes, exactly. And, and there's actually one more that I think is really important. What is the problem? And, and sometimes what you want to get is, I don't, you know, you may get, I don't like it. And that's helpful for the person to say that. And oftentimes what they'll do is be sort of flabbergasted. Well, he smells. Okay, thanks. Right? I, I'm not going to say that. I, I probably won't say in the course of the conversation, depending upon who I'm talking to, um, that that is not a reason for me to do anything because I want to play my cards close to the vest right now. And, and, and somebody said to me, no, I don't, why should you be playing your cards close to the vest? Because we are talking about another employee behind closed doors. We are not in the business of talking openly about other employees with a third party. So by definition, we keep our codes close to the vest when, when a complainant is talking about another member of our team who, all things being equal, ought, ought to have been there. 
I generally don't recommend, by the way, that the, I don't recommend that managers say, have you talked to this person? Um, because I found that it just doesn't work. I mean, uh, you can be utopian as you want to be, and people will not have a conversation with somebody else about personal scent. On the other hand, if you think they're using you in your managerial role to get back at somebody, this cast will help you avoid that. Um, and so you won't be used um, for nefarious purposes. Okay. Now, you know, there's a problem there that you don't recommend directing the person to, to talk to the other person because they won't do it or because they when they do it, they do it poorly and cause no, more they, issues no, they, than no, they have. No, 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 they won't do it. They, they won't, won't do it. it. Okay. No, they won't do it. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember standing behind my desk, actually at a client site, and I had a desk, and a person came in, and there was a team that was working with me, and I was standing up behind my desk, I had some papers in my hand, and a person came in and said, hey, I need to talk to you about something, and they went through this whole thing, and I, before I asked them some questions, I said, have you talked to them about it? And they said, no, of course not. And I said, why not? Well, it's just hard. I said, okay, um, uh, thanks. And they said, don't, don't you want any more information? Nope. And, and it became very clear to me that this person knew that I expect them to talk about it. And they, they would rather cut off their arm than talk about it. Um, yeah. And I really and, and, didn't and want it, to hear from this person. So. And then it's not, it's not okay at that point, given that you've asked them to essentially talk to the person and they refuse to do so. Therefore, it's not a problem. The fact is, it may still be a problem when right. you start thinking about the impact. If there's an impact and the person is unwilling to address it with the other individual, which is, like you said, generally the case, um, the problem potentially still exists. Right. It's the issue of impact rather than their willingness yeah. to talk or not talk. Yes. Now, look, we're not ready to agree. We're not, we're not listening to these answers and agreeing with anything that is being said. It's entirely possible that these questions will puncture the argument um, or that they're going to show you that there is a noticeable scent, but this person has made it into something that it's not. In other words, I, I feel attacked by this person's scent. Um, the point here is to both get data to help you decide what the cost-benefit situation is and also to assess the veracity of the complainant. Um, now, look, if it's your best performer and you have a great relationship with them, okay, fine. But still ask the questions because you need the data in order to go about gathering more data um, to make sure that when you have the conversation, it's effective and it's sensitive as well. Yeah. Now, one thing I noticed about what we talked about in terms of the guidelines here is that once you've gathered this data, but during this conversation with an individual, for example, we're gathering the data, you're not committing to any specific action. No, <laughs> uh, that that's a, um, it goes back to the whole thing that a complaint is not a cause of action. Um, and, and the whole point I made earlier, you don't have to have all the answers. Um, you're going to be asked in many cases what you're going to do about it. You owe the complainant nothing at this point, and that includes follow-up. It absolutely includes follow-up. Hey, are you going to get back to me about this? No. I, I, I'm, I'm going to consider what you've told me. And, and, and look, your employee, the complainant, is not driving the train. You are. If you're asked what you're going to do, say, realistically, truthfully, I don't know. But thank you for sharing. In our experience, those who are genuinely trying to help accept that. Those who may have some less than wonderful motives or are not being as gracious as they could be regarding perhaps what it boils down to a simple cultural difference, which is a function of 
outsourcing or a function of um, more diversity in the workplace, which is fundamentally good, um, those people will respond uh, with potential consequences if you don't do something. Well, you know, if you don't do anything, it's going to be a real problem. Okay. That works with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can just see that working just sweet. So you just buy with you. Look, rather than addressing the lame and idiotic threat that this person is implying that something might happen, simply say again, thank you. This is actually a moment to use your managerial power to end a conversation without letting the direct drive things. Say thank you until you're blue in the face rather than suggesting that with any other answer, you owe this complainant any activity at all. Yeah, talk about specific actions. I mean, talk about a little bit. I mean, you said earlier um, you don't recommend folks moving folks as a, as yeah. a, as a action. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, we rarely recommend that. Part of this reason is how often managers jump right to this. Oh, well, this is a problem between Bob and Jane. We're going to move Jane or we'll move Bob. It's just not a solution. It often sends a message that what the employee who complained wants is more important than the team. We don't think you should move the complainer nor the person whose sin is at issue. We've seen it done. We've seen it not work too many times. Plus, what are you going to say? Someone requested the change? I mean, you know, oh, yeah, Jane yeah. requested her cube be moved. Look, you start you you start uh, acquiescing to people's request for their cube being where they want to be. You're going to have a stampede on your hands. Um, the fact is, you come to work. The organization has a vested interest in keeping some people close together. Um, uh, if your team is so uh, uh, situated, and um, uh, you, you you simply cannot say, well, if somebody doesn't like where they are, they get to move. Uh, you know, the worst case scenario is somebody saying, you need to move me closer to the window <laughs> because I don't <laughs> I don't like Jane's scent. I, I wish I could say it's never happened, but it was very clear to me that that's the per that's the angle this one particular person was taking. Um, and and in fact, what I I, I remember recommending the manager, if in fact you're going to move them, offer them your cube, which was the worst cube of all. And the person balked and says, oh well, you know, this is kind of. This is kind of not great. Well, that's your choice. Um, and, of course, it was a case where the, the employee who was complaining was not being as ethical as we would like them to be. So we don't recommend moving people 99% of the time. Yeah. Okay. So, so a after you've, after you've, you know, you ha you, you've got some specific information from the complainant, really, Right. right. You're suggesting that folks don't commit to a specific action. Right. Um, and, but the next step is to actually gather more data. Yep. Look, you, you don't want your entire data set to be what your complainant said. We recommend you do two things. First, folks, find out for yourself. Spend time paying attention to the directs sent personally. Okay. Go to their cube when they're there and when they're not. Big mistake for many managers, they don't do this, smell under their desks. Feet, I'm serious. Feet, feet are often missed as a cause. Um, oh, that sounds kind of creepy. Um, I, I, I'll tell you, um, well, th there are good reasons for that. Um, if you think it's beneath you, we don't care about scent, remember? We care about the impact. Uh, we're not trying to find 
Well, we are trying to find the cause, but not because the cause is of interest. What's of interest to us is the impact on the team. Um, so you, you have to do that, okay? Um, it may very well be in terms of gathering data. If you're fairly new, you may want to put in a call to HR to ask them whether or not this situation has come up before. If you know that this person who uh, apparently the scent, that, that, that their personal scent is creating an issue for someone else um, – that they've moved around a good bit in the company. Maybe you want to call HR and say, has this ever been a problem anywhere else? Uh, and you may have a very assertive HR person. Says, oh, do we have a personal sin problem? Let me get involved. And you say, well, let, let me let me handle it, but I'd like to know what your resources are and what you would do and so on. Okay. Um, the second thing you need to do is talk to one or two other team members with whom you have a solid relationship and whose proximity to the direct in question would allow them to notice any concerns. Do you have any recommendation for how you would do that? Because I, I can imagine that would be a very sensitive conversation. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Now, look, we're, we're basically suggesting that you ask them the same set of questions that we suggested earlier after you explain why you're asking. I think that's where you're going. So it, the way to start the conversation is really simple. You say, look, I'm concerned that Bob's personal scent may be having an impact on the team. Can you help me understand whether it is? And if so, what the cause might be. Look, this is a delicate conversation, and, and quite frankly, I consider this confidential. Note, note here, you start with I. That is to say, if someone asks who brought up the concern, your response would be, I have a concern, and you need to leave it at that. It's not because we're interested in protecting the confidentiality of the complainant. More so, you are responsible for the impact on the team so you have a concern. The moment you start talking about the person who brought the complaint, that makes it about personal scent. When you start spending time addressing it, that makes it about impact. Yeah, and I love this because this is one of those cases where, in general, there are a lot of people talking about it. If it is really an issue, there's a lot of people mm -hmm. talking about it well mm -hmm. before it gets to you. And your willingness to, to stand up and say, it's no, it's I have a concern. Right. Um, sends a very powerful message to the entire team. Yep. And look, here's another key issue. If you don't think there is an issue, this verbiage will not work. And so you shouldn't be having this conversation with other people. And so if you don't have an if you don't think there's an issue, then then you're essentially done. Um so that uh, it's gathering data. You need to gather data yourself and then you also need to talk to a couple other people. Cool. Now next step. Decide. That's that's pretty. Sounds pretty simple. Yeah, um, you've heard a concern. You've got your head in the right place. You've taken some steps to gather data. Mister Manager, Ms. Manager, what do you believe? Would it be most effective to ask for help from HR or ER or the medical staff? Is there a, a, a reason to have a conversation with the person in question? Can you simply drop it, believing that while there is a slight issue, it's not enough to justify further action? Um, and basically what we're doing here is we put this step on its own to reduce the rush to judgment and action that so many managers engage in. I think in part because they don't like thinking about this and they want to get done and they believe that they're an action-oriented person. So they believe the way to get done is to do something. And the fact is, um, use your head, think data, think cost-benefit analysis, action versus impact, um, and, and think team cohesion. And you may not have to do anything at all.
Not, not suggesting that's the case most of the time, but you can't simply walk into this thing saying, you know, I have to do something when in fact, a, there are some situations where reasonable response is to do nothing. So now we're ready potentially to deliver a compassionate message about a sensitive subject to somebody. Yes. So what are our key recommendations here? Yep. Okay. First, deliver privately. Okay. Probably goes without saying. But this is one of those conversations you need to have behind a closed door. And, and you know, this is where we're very clear here about privately, because I, I think, I, I really believe that one of the, the subtle benefits of one-on-one, one of the things that I believe makes one-on-ones um, more likely to occur is our definition of not in public. I think there's too much focus on public versus private. And I think there's a gray area in between not in public, which we have recommended to people. So, and so because we've been very, very careful and very, uh, we, we've crafted something narrowly to help people understand something. We want to be clear on this particular issue about how to deliver this. No longer is the standard not public for this conversation. Um, this is a private conversation. This is a sensitive subject. Folks, there may be tears. There may be fear. There may be anger. There certainly is going to be embarrassment, all of which are reasonable emotions under the circumstances. Okay? Close the door. Yeah, but doesn't that, what about, you know, doesn't it make them nervous? Yeah, perhaps. But better for them to be nervous at the start than look over at the open door in the middle of a touchy conversation and be mortified. Think about it. You're, look, when the door is open, you're essentially saying you can poke your head in. Imagine them tearing up and then somebody poking their head in. Yeah. So, so yes, there is that chance. We're essentially mitigating the future risk of someone poking their head in and say, hey, boss, you got a second. And I think every manager should go to a, a manager tools class on the look on your face you should give someone that in one billionth of a second, that when they poke their head in your door and you're talking to someone, the look you send them says, please dissolve immediately. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, so what we're saying here is don't, don't add to their embarrassment yes. about the issue um, by making them embarrassed about their emotion in front of yes. their, you know, exactly right. Just, just like reviews, perfectly said. Yes. Yeah. But the problem is not that first emotion. It's the emotion they feel about that emotion that gets them into the downward spiral. Yes. Good. Okay. okay. So now, we're suggesting that folks deliver this directly. Not this, this is the, yeah. we're not going to hand them a, a, a can of Mitchum and send them on their yeah. way. Yeah, um, it saddens me to have to say this, but wow, I've actually had a lot of debates with managers and with HR people and other folks over the years about this conversation. Many, many, many of them have said, well, just leave some deodorant on their desk. <sighs> That's which isn't uh, that just like vulgar? <laughs> it, it, it really, uh, um, it, it, uh, that kind of behavior, in my opinion, almost, in my opinion, personally, almost disqualifies you from having sensitivity enough to be able to manage others well. I, I, I really, uh, how cowardly can you be? Imagine coming back and finding that in your desk. I, I got to tell you, ninety-five percent of the people I know will get somebody. Somebody was changing clothes or something, and, and inadvertently left something on my desk. Um, I know, but you, you solve that problem by leaving the little uh, post-it note on it. I knew you were going to say this. Yeah, the use me, the use me post-it note. Uh, boy, you know what? You know that kind of cowardice 
makes people's embarrassment and anger at that delivery much more powerful to them and much, and it means much less likely much less likely that they're going to do something and it, it it fundamentally tears down the whole issue that it may not be a body odor it may not be an underarm odor problem um it may be a cologne problem. It may be a yeah. foot problem. It may be a medical problem. It may be a dietary problem. Imagine, look, imagine that, that, um, you're, uh, look, here we are talking to a bunch of international managers. Uh, the, my, the majority of our listeners, listeners are in the United States, but I'm sure there are people out there that are going, Oh boy, I bet they're talking about foreigners coming to work in America. Well, think, think about the American working in Japan, completely different diet. Um, you know, uh, um, much more red meat, a lot less fish, uh, um, very different personal habits, uh, not used to living in close proximity to someone. And I imagine the personal sin of Americans in, in Japanese workspaces, um, which are much less roomy than American workspaces, is distinctive and, and perhaps off-putting to plenty of Japanese. And, and I suspect that there are plenty of situations where it's never brought up. Imagine that you got a deodorant stick on your desk and it said, use me. I, I you know, um, first of all, um, God bless the Japanese culture. That uh, that would be beneath them. They would yeah, never they would, do that. They, wouldn't, yeah. they would not be. Offensive. They wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yes, because because they have more grace than <laughs> Americans do, as many people in the world do. And so yeah, it's just. Um, I, I tell you what, if you work for me, if you're a manager and I'm your director, and you told me that you did that, you and I are going to have a 15 minute conversation about ethics, morality sensitivity and whether or not you'll ever get promoted again working for me. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. I just, it just, just seems to be one of those things that would be incredibly difficult, if not impossible to recover from. If the manager yes. in fact did it, um, well, I, I, you know, I consider removing the manager from the position. I, I it's, yeah. it's that egregious. Yeah. And now, now we're coming at it from a position that, that is fairly rare. Uh, that's not common that, that uh, says that management is, it may not be a calling, but it is a professional endeavor. It is an obligation. It is an ethical trust. Um, and, and as such, that requires some sensitivity, some caring, some effective, highly effective and evolved communication skills. And, and putting deodorant on someone's desk is not very well evolved. Okay, enough. I got to stop talking about it. Um, look, folks have also said to me, oh, you bring it up in a meeting and let everyone know that something or other has changed and you like everyone to be sensitive to other people regarding bathing and all that kind of stuff where we changed offices or the cubes or the air conditioning patterns have changed or some such nonsense. I Every hate these yeah, responses. I hate I, that, that's just crazy. I, yeah. And it's not just applies to body odor, but geez, it seems like there's a lot of folks out there that think that if there's anything wrong with one, any individual in the organization, the best thing to do is get the whole group together and shotgun. And, yeah. And, yeah. 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 Uh, way, way, way wrong. Um, I, I've walked out of meetings where managers did that. I just got up and left and I want, I got up and left so that everybody would watch me leave the meeting because the manager knew the man, you know, I'd probably told the manager, don't do it. And he or she did it. Look, everybody leaves those meetings feeling dirty. And the one who needs to hear from you directly doesn't get it or worse, thinks that others have the same problem. And so therefore, even more likely, they don't need to do anything at all. Okay, so let's get right to it. How does it sound? What do you actually say? And as we mentioned before, if you hear some modified feedback in here, good for you. This is it. Um, I'd like to talk to you about a personal issue. And it is delicate. I hope I don't offend you. 
This is not something I'm terribly skilled at. When you come to work with a distinct scent, others notice, and it affects performance. I know that's probably hard to hear, um, personal scent, but there it is. Um, maybe it's your choice of or the amount of personal scents you use, cologne or, uh, or, or aftershave or what have you. Maybe it's working out and not showering. Perhaps it's a medical condition that I need help at being sensitive to, and I will be sensitive to it. You can trust me. I won't pry, but I do hope that there's a delicate discussion we can have about you making some changes. My concern here is the impact on the team. Let's talk about this. And I'm, I'm going to do that again. Okay. I, I know people say, oh, I want to I listen to that again. And people are listening in their cars. And I don't want people having wrecks, um, having to back up or whatever. Here, it go, here we go again. I'd like to talk about a personal issue. And it is delicate. I, I hope I don't offend you. This is not something I'm terribly skilled at. I haven't done this very often. When you come to work with a distinct scent, others notice. And it affects performance. I know that's probably hard to hear. It, it, it's hard to deliver. Uh, personal scent, but, but there it is. Maybe it's your choice of or the amount of personal scents you're using, cologne or aftershave. Um, maybe it's working out and not showering. Perhaps it's a medical condition that I need help being sensitive to, and I, and I will be sensitive. Uh, I won't pry, but I hope there's a delicate discussion we can have about you making some changes. My concern here is the impact on the team. Let's talk about this. Now, look, there's nothing wrong, if you'll notice, we have in the preamble there, we, we admit to some nervousness about this conversation. That kind of candor, in my experience with many people, many managers having had this conversation and me having had this conversation, is generally welcomed by the person to whom you're speaking. Um, this conversation is much harder to have with someone you don't know well, but then if you were doing one-on-ones, that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Well, what would you do if they denied it? You mean they say, oh, I, I don't have a problem with that? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, okay. I'd say, I've noticed it. I do feel it's worth doing something about, though I respect that right now I can't know what that might be without your help. Yeah, okay. What, what, if, they, what if they come back and as a way of defense say, well, can you smell it right now? I would tell them point blank if I did or didn't. Look, you, you, in for a penny, in for a pound here, folks. Okay, don't don't uh, don't get. Uh, you're, remember, think impact. That's the big point of this. Um, if you're thinking impact, you better be willing to say yes. Uh, I notice it. So yeah, I would tell them point blank if I did or didn't. I wouldn't rub their noses in it. I would likely soften my voice, and I would be brief. It might be something as simple as, "I do." Um, if I didn't at that moment. I would say no. For all you know, they know you're going to have this conversation with them, and they showered twice that day if, in fact, it really is a body odor issue, or they didn't put on as much cologne, or they wore different shoes. Um, uh, so if I didn't at that moment, I would say no. 
but that I had noticed recently. And I did still feel that even though I didn't smell it at this moment, that this conversation was warranted. Obviously, as delicate as this conversation is, I wouldn't be having it if I didn't feel it was warranted. Yeah. Who, 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 who complained to you? I've noticed. And that's why we're talking. I believe this bears you taking some action. I, I know who brought this to you. You, but you know, to, be, to be honest, though, you and I are talking. Bringing up others isn't helpful here. Now, look, Mike, if I perceive some animus, in other words, between, between you and the person who complained, I would add, and I wouldn't take kindly to any repercussions to that person, because that would suggest to me that you didn't believe what I just said, which was you and I are talking, and I have a concern. The reason we're talking is my concern about the impact on our team. Yeah. Well, I, I bet we get a whole lot more questions. And that's why we have discussion forums. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> www.managertool.com slash forums. There you go. Okay. All right. So how, you know, we could go on, and I'm sure in the discussion forums we will go on with variations of the various responses we just went through. But um, Yes. But for now, uh, how about offering resources? Yeah, at this point, you want to start talking about actions you're going to take or that they're going to take. It could be that they say exactly what the issue is. You know, I'm so sorry. I really have a favorite pair of shoes, and I know they're old, and I know they, you know, people in my, my spouse tells me they smell, and I just uh, I don't want to give them up. And um, Look, that may make it easier or harder for you. Um, or they bring out a doctor's note. It says, uh, you know, Joe is taking special medications, which cause him to emit a distinct odor. Um, uh, and, and you may feel that makes it harder. It depends. There are a thousand different permutations and combinations here. Basically, you're going to suggest resources you have available based on your research that we mentioned previously. Okay. Now, per, per our comments earlier about small businesses, it's likely in many cases, that you have no resources. Um, we do care about small company members, and we know that some things are harder there and some things are easier there. If you have no resources, we recommend you suggest they think about the situation for the next week at the longest and come back to you with some ideas, which you will turn into some sort of action plan when you next meet no longer than a week, a week away. Now, the last step is discussing follow-up. It, it, it is a simple step, and it is so often blown because it's just skipped. It, it just kills me that it gets skipped. And, and, and the reason it's skipped is the manager it, it just proves that the manager doesn't, again, doesn't think the problem uh, is sent and certainly not impact, but they think the problem is the manager's own fragile ego that she has to has a tough has to have a tough conversation with someone about a delicate subject, and they just want to be done with it. Oh, good, wipe my wash my hands. I'm done. You know, wipe my hands of you, and I'm done. Um, the bottom line on follow up is that now you and your direct. I'm going to say this again. Now you and your direct are working together. They're taking the action just like in any normal project, and reporting to you. You're not doing all the legwork, but you need weekly reports. And deadlines for actions. Yeah, it sounds kind of funny if we're talking about showering, for instance. Uh, and so sensitivity is going to be the watchword here. But again, we come back to impact. Once this cat is out of the bag, you needn't tiptoe around the subject. That only makes it work. 
Uh, it only makes it worse. Um, you've got to do this privately, but you can't do it less than weekly. Um, so it could be that what you say is the follow-up is you're going to meet with the nurse this week and you're going to let me know how that goes at the end of the week. I don't need private medical information, but I do need to know you've met with her or him. And in fact, here are the actions we're taking. Um, and again, you don't owe you don't owe any response back to the complainant. This doesn't all of a sudden now become a public conversation. Nope. This remains private. Nope. Yeah. And when the complainant comes back and says, Hey, have you done anything about that? Say, Hey, I really appreciate your input. And yes, I have. And when they say what? And say, you know, that's between me and the team. Privately. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. Well, summing up, then all 12 bullets under each of our three major areas in true manager's tool style. Yep. Here we go. General guidelines. Think personal scent, not body odor. Right. Think impact. Impact, impact, impact. <laughs> Think the cause. There are multiple causes. Don't jump right. to conclusions. Yep. And know your resources. Small yep. companies may not have as many resources, but if you're in a large company, take advantage of them. Right. For preparation, we rec- recommend the following steps. Get specific information, particularly we're talking about from the complainant. Do not commit to a specific action. You yes. own it. You don't owe right. anything back to the complainant. Right. Gather data, even if it means crawling under somebody's desk. Yeah. Yeah, that's, you know. Yes. As managers, we always have to subordinate ourselves to the team. Yes, right? there you go. And then decide. Right. During delivery, deliver privately. Not the, the, the phrase, not in public, does not apply here. It's private, behind closed right. doors. Right. Deliver directly. Yep. Yep. Just state it directly. Right. And, and, we, and we gave a good example of that. People can go back to that and, and use Twice. that as an example. And if you said it word for word, you'd probably be okay. Yep. Offer resources, and then discuss follow-up. That's it. Thanks, partner. Thank you, my friend. There you go, folks. Thanks for joining us, as always. I don't think I mentioned Podcast Alley this month, so um, I'm going to. (laughs) I think we're ranked about number 12 right now. Your vote does make a difference, and Mark and I appreciate it. As we said before, if we get if we get in the top 10, we get much more visibility, and that helps us reach more managers like you. And as you know, that's what gets us going. Well, that and our families. But in any case, your vote is very much appreciated. There's a link on our website, or you can go directly to Podcast Alley at www.podcastalley.com and vote there. Again, we appreciate it greatly. So with that, we'll see you all, personal sense and all, next week. So long. Uh-huh.